Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, a podcast that looks at the inspiration, intention, action, and choices that you can make to bring more joy into your life, into the world, and into other people's lives. This is your host, Paula Jenkins. Welcome to episode 213. In this week's show, I'm really excited to be sharing the top 10 things for you to consider for your very own creative process. Whether you are a podcaster like me and putting out weekly shows, or maybe you are a writer or blogger, or you create a physical product that you are sharing with people, I'm really thrilled to be sharing some of the things that I have learned over the past few years about how people get into the space of creating something consistently, repetitively, and with great joy and great creativity. Before we get to that, I want to give you a very warm welcome and say thank you so much for tuning in this week. And of course, always, it's such a delight to have you along for the journey. If you're new here, welcome, welcome. Jumpstart Your Joy is a podcast that started in 2015, and there are 212 lovely podcasts in the back catalog. If you want to find out more about them, about me, about the show, you can find everything over at jumpstartyourjoy.com. While you're there, I really invite you to sign up for my weekly newsletter, which is Three Joyful Things, where I dive into the inspiration, intention, and action that you can take to bring some of the things that we talk about on the show each week to your everyday life. There's also a link to the podcast that I'm referencing. So if maybe you haven't subscribed and you like to get this stuff in your email inbox, it's a great way to stay current with the show. I also am really excited to announce that over the last couple of weeks, I have started doing meditations on Insight Timer. Now, this is a lovely app that you can download for free, Insight Timer, and on it, you can find all sorts of free meditations, visualizations, and some podcasts and lectures as well. It is a lot of fun. You can search for me as a teacher and you'll find my first two meditations. One is a centering meditation with a stream visualization added in, and the other is finding your heart's north star. I'll put the link in the show notes for this, and you can find a link on the website as well. Also, there are show notes for this episode where I'm going to be linking out to a lot of the quotes and the books and the things that I'm talking about. This one's kind of heavy in note-taking, so you can reference all of those great notes over at the website and link out to everything. You can find it at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash creative process. It'll also be on the homepage. Let's talk a little bit about how this episode ties in with the rest of my work here on the podcast. It's rare for me to talk about podcasting itself even though it does fit into my overarching sense of joy every day. I'm offering this episode all about the creative process because I see my mission here on the planet as being of service to others who are expressing their own game-changing narrative. Whatever it was that they showed up on this planet to share and create and bring to life, that is my role as a podcast producer, as a human, is really to help other people One, rediscover that thing that lights them up that sometimes gets lost along the way. And then two, figure out how they want to share it. How do they want to express it? How do they want to bring it to life? Because I believe that so many of us are called to share our deeper truths in a really meaningful way. For me, it's been this podcast. I was a blogger for like seven years before I picked up a mic, and that just never felt like home. You could find it at Welcoming Spirit if you want to look it up. It just wasn't the medium. I think it's because I love being in front of people. I love 
speaking. I love sharing creative arts. I was in drama and improv for a really long time. And so podcasting feels like a really natural extension of that love. The thing that I see come up for people is they know they have this deeper calling on their heart and they know that there's something bigger that they're supposed to do here in this lifetime, but they don't know how. We don't get taught in school how to express these things. We're told how to write the five paragraph creative essay, but we aren't really told how to dive into the creativity itself. And so that's been part of what I've been uncovering over the last few years as I'm writing the show and doing the show and keeping it going for five years. This episode, along with the work that I do with podcasters who are creating shows in service of being what I like to call heart-centered disruptors, I feel like all of that is in service of this higher calling that I feel, which is to bring more of each person's truth to life and give them a way to really express themselves in a meaningful way. So once we get past the shoulds that come up for all of us, whether that's through conditioning of how we were brought up, or maybe it's an active inner critic that we are still working through, I feel like that idea of who we are supposed to be takes over so often. And so it's very interesting what happens when we start talking about and acting on our own purpose, because that's really where joy is. And that's part of what I've taken to mean when's quote, Henry Nowen, who said, uh, joy is not just something that happens to us. We must choose joy and keep choosing it every day. And that's really the cornerstone quote that comes up big time in this podcast for me is that we choose joy. We choose our own path. We choose to follow our purpose. We choose it before all other things. We make it an active choice in our day to day. And that is the same thing, whether it be your creativity and the message that you're meant to bring to life, or it's joy itself. And for me, those two things are so intertwined that it is hard for me to tell them apart anymore. So That is the why behind this episode, and let's jump in to how you can tap into the joy that is your creativity by getting into a deeper creative process. So there'll be 10 of these, and I'll tune in to whether it's an inspiration, intention, or action step so that you can kind of start to map this out for yourself. So one, listen for the idea, the thing that you want to bring to life. This is all about the inspiration. In my case, of course, this is joy. I want to talk about joy and how people can bring more of it to their lives. The thing that's super interesting about ideas is I know that they start to shop themselves around. And I kind of had an intuitive feeling that this happened and was totally delighted to see that Elizabeth Gilbert talks about it, both in her book, Big Magic, which I will link up to in the show notes, but she also has a really lovely article in the Irish Times, of all places, where she says this, quote, Ideas are driven by a single impulse to be made manifest. And the only way an idea can be made manifest in our world is through collaboration with a human partner. It is only through a human's efforts that an idea can be escorted out of the ether and into the realm of the actual. Therefore, ideas spend eternity swirling around us, searching for an available and willing human partner. And I'm talking about all ideas here, artistic, scientific, industrial, commercial, ethical, religious, and political. So when an idea thinks it has found somebody, say you, who might be able to bring it into the world, the idea will pay you a visit. It will try to get your attention. And sometimes, rarely, but magnificently, there comes a day when you're open and relaxed enough to actually receive something, end quote. I love this so much because you know that there's ideas that have danced around in your head and you've gone, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. And maybe you even write it down. And then maybe like two years later, somebody else comes up with it. And you're like, ah, I had that idea. Why didn't I act on it? I think this is the thing that is trying to get your attention. It wants to come into the life. 
it wants to be made manifest and it's paying you a visit. So if it's the one you want to grab onto, say joy in my case, then grab on. This is the inspiration. It's playing with you. The next thing that I believe is so important is number two, lay the foundation. This for me comes from a very uh, set place of being a project manager for 20 years. <laughs> I worked in advertising for that time, all in digital marketing. And the thing that inspired me and that gave me this groundwork was that as a project manager, I could see that the creative process in ad agencies is very measured. There's very much a process behind it every time. There is an art director, there is a copywriter, the two work together, they come up with a big idea, or usually three. And then that gets presented to a client to review and give feedback. These ideas don't come out of nowhere. <laughs> These ideas are given a creative brief. They are given a timeline. They are then given hours and hours of time and space to be created. And so what I am suggesting here is that you dive in and lay the foundation. What are you creating? Why are you creating it? What does it supposed to mean? What is it supposed to mean to somebody else? In the project management side of it, we call this measure twice, cut once, meaning put out the plans and then follow them. <laughs> put the foundation in place so you don't have to do it more than once. For number three, also in the intention space, part of the creative process is being true to your story or to the idea that's come to pay you a visit. In this space, I think the hard thing is, is that there's so many ideas that maybe have come to pay you a visit if you're like me and you're multi-passionate and you want to do all the things. The hard thing here is choose the thing <laughs> and then be true to it, right? Like it's, it's that you're saying yes to the one thing and then you're going to give it space and see what happens and what unfolds. In part of this exercise, the thing that I've found to be super helpful is listening for myself what is in and what is out for this idea. So in the case of joy, there's some very specific things that I talk about. Most of it is around the self-improvement or the personal journey that somebody is taking or how someone crafts the idea and plays with it or how joy plays a role in that space for them. These are the things that are super interesting to me about it and what I have done with this show. Some of the things that I very distinctly said are out that I don't want to talk about. Intimate relationships, joy for me and in this show, it's the journey of the individual to find their own joy. It's not necessarily the role of a couple or a friendship or a partnership and how they find joy. That's an interesting show, but it's not this one. <laughs> I also don't talk about intimate relationships in a physical way. You know, The Joy of Sex, also a book, not this show. <laughs> And I don't talk very much about being a mother or joy in parenting. That's not part of this show either. And that's a conscious decision that I have made. I get pitched a lot of things and I know that those aren't things that I want to have on the show. It makes it easier for me to decide how I can be true to my story and what was the actual story and inspiration that came to play with me. One of the things that ties into this was, and oh, I highly recommend that you go watch this if you have not yet, but Brene Brown in her Hulu special, The Call to Courage. Oh, oh my goodness. So much goodness. She talks about joy. I had people texting me as they were watching it saying, have you seen this? And yes, I love it. One of the things that she says there is about the differentiation between vulnerability and authenticity and how you want to find the sweet spot that works for you. So one of the things she says is, Live tweeting your bikini wax is not vulnerability. 
nor is posting a blow-by-blow of your divorce. That is an attempt to hotwire connection. But you can't cheat real connection. It's built up slowly. It's about trust and time, end quote. I love this so much because I think in working with so many clients in how they want to craft their show and how they want to be true to their story, they feel like there's this underlying thing in society that says vulnerability is important and push the envelope. That is why I am very careful to lead people to decide what's in and what's out. Maybe your niche is all about bikini waxing. And so that is vulnerable. Who knows? But for most of us, there are parts of our lives that we don't care to show that are too personal or that just don't feel like our comfort zone or our interest. And I want you to be very clear on what that is for yourself before you get to the point where you're sharing things just because you're sharing them. (laughs) Number four is also in the intention realm, and that is to get really curious. Now that you've said yes to this idea, here's where the fun thing comes in. You are going to start to see this idea or this word or this thing that you're saying yes to all over the place. This happened to me. I I don't really know where the first ideas for this joy piece came into play for me. I do know that the very first guest, Kathleen Davies, Kathy Davies, she's a Presbyterian minister. Go look her up. She's episode one. She used to have a blog called Joy in the Chaos. And I loved that title. I don't know if I've even shared that with her. But I was so like, it was so good. Like there was so much juiciness in that title. And I know that's one of the early places that Joy started to play with me. But I will also say that then it just started showing up. I found myself buying like a keychain that said joy. I found myself finding the quote from Henry Nowen that was about joy and how we must keep choosing it. And it really resonated with me because that's what I had felt along my own journey is that I had woken up and said yes to joy. Come to find out, of course, synchronicity is all over the place all the time when you're on this journey. Henry Nowen had taught at Yale Divinity School where I did my master's work, but I never met him. I never even heard of him back then. So it's often this time where you start to get curious and you notice things that were like in your past and probably there and you just missed them, but you're not seeing them until it's time. Wayne Dyer also talks about this in his book, The Power of Intention, which was one of the first books that I read on my self-improvement slash personal growth journey. And I love it to this day. I Yeah, that was one that I tuned into on PBS one morning when things were not great in my world. I was going through a divorce and something just clicked. One of the things that Wayne Dyer talks about is that when you start to work on something, things just start to appear. Once you've put your intention out there that you want to spend more time with this topic, you will find that whatever that creative pursuit you're dancing with, more of it just starts to come in for you, whether that be a quote or it be physical help or actual resources to support your journey. The whole thing starts to come into play once you're aligned and resonating and vibing with that thing. It's amazing what the universe starts to send your way. So number five for me, and we're moving into the action territory at this point, is show up and do the work. Before we get into that piece, let me just address something for a moment that I feel like is a big lie that resistance and who knows what else is trying to tell us. And that is something that goes a little bit like this. Somewhere along the way, I think many of us have been told that creativity and inspiration are somehow that thing that strikes in the middle of the night, 
that comes out of nowhere and that we have to honor in like kind of a fit of almost madness or absolute intensity that it comes. And if we don't honor it in that second, that somehow it's going to leave us and then the moment will have passed. One of my big things here is I want for us to stop believing that that is how creativity happens. The idea that creativity only happens in fits of inspiration and that you have to wait until that hits for you to create something is fear talking. It wants to keep you safe. It wants to keep you from doing the thing that is vulnerable and that you're putting yourself out there with. It wants to keep you from frankly, doing the thing that is your life's purpose because that seems big and scary and hard. And what if you fail? Well, what if? I want to tell you that the way to get through that is to actually sit down and show up and do the work. And I literally mean set aside time on your calendar. There is no one that is creating anything that is not spending time doing it. There is no one that has a successful creative process that is just waiting for inspiration to hit. Because guess what? What do I know about the things that I get done in a day? The things that I do are the things that are on my calendar. If I don't make room and space and time for it in my life, it is not going to happen. And so I want you to dive into this. Once you have hit this stage, it is time to start making the space and the time. Prioritize this. It's already important. You've already said yes. This thing is probably really close and dear to your heart. So do with the honor, do yourself the honor and show up and do the work. There's two things that happen when you do actually set aside time. One is that when it becomes a conscious effort for you from a very practical standpoint, and speaking from podcasting, it's not something that can be done in a rushed effort. I am never happy with what comes out when I wait till the last minute to do an episode. Yes, every once in a while, there's a good one, (laughs) but that's not really how it works. Everything about podcasting takes time. And so I'm honoring this thing that I do by showing up and doing it weekly and setting aside time for it. I'm honoring the craft. From a co-creation perspective, something happens when you say yes to the work and show up consistently to do it. It's an alignment thing. When you say yes and do the work, creativity kind of in that inspiration way sees it and it shows up too. If you're not setting aside the time You're not really giving it it its own space to show up and help you either. Number six, let the idea grow organically. Now, this comes from a place where I like to talk about, which is well-planned and loosely held. So we've put up the foundation. We know where we're going. We know what's in and what's out. And at this point, as we're setting up this, this time to start to spend time with, in my case, like it's a topic for a single episode, lots of time, the idea will mull about in my mind for a week or so before it really starts to take shape. Fred Waitskin in last week's episode, uh, you really want to go back and listen to it. It's 212. I'll link up to it. But he talks about these ideas starting to come from a pre-analytical space. And that's what I see happening for me as I start to work on solo casts. Sometimes I'm taking notes when these things start to come into my mind. I start noting down the quotes that are coming to my head or some of the details that I'm thinking about as I'm like driving or doing something else. But lots of times these ideas start to play with me while I'm doing something else. Fred Waitskin talked about this in his suggestion for young writers is to carry around a notebook with them. And then as things hit, as you're going about the rest of your day to write those down, because it often comes from that space of doing something else and your mind's just churning for you. It's just working on it. 
The other one that I love so much is Charles Schultz, who is the creator of the Peanuts gang, so Snoopy and Woodstock. My son and I went up to see the Charles Schultz Museum in Santa Rosa, California, which I highly recommend. I will also link up to that in the show notes. The thing that I was really fascinated by was learning more about Charles Schultz and his process. He was methodical in his approach down to waking up at the exact same time every day, eating the same breakfast, going to lunch in the same place, sitting in the same chair. He had his day set up so that creativity could come in and he could spend time with it. And the way that he would create each comic strip was early in the week, he would start doodling and seeing what came through, like what were the little ideas that were showing up for him and these loose sketches that were coming through, very pre-analytical as Fred Waitskin was talking about. And as those sketches started to morph into a bigger story, Charles Schultz found that then he would have a life moment that he was capturing, some funniness or realism to it that was unique to his style. And that is how those things just organically came about is he set up the time, he spent time with it, and then he created these weekly comic strips. And I, th I think he was at it for 53 years and created almost 18,000 unique different strips, which is just amazing when you think about repetition and consistency, just amazing. So number seven is be protective of your bubble. This is more in the intention space again. And it's something that Fred Waitskin talked about in a beautiful way last week as well, which was once he's set up that space for himself and he's in the process, he often finds that that is when inspiration takes over and he gets into what some authors and creative people call the zone or maybe in flow, but he feels like it's a bubble. And that's where he's in this space that he's really churning out pages and that things are crystal clear and he's really in the moment with the characters. And I think just to footnote this is that's the thing that we think or that resistance likes to tell us or society likes to tell us is the thing that happens in a fit of madness in the middle of the night, right? But if you see, no, Fred Waitskin is showing up at his desk to write. And then as the thing develops, he starts to find the bubble. It shows up as he shows up. And one of the things that he says is that he's very protective of this time when he finds he's in flow then he makes sure to make room for it. That might mean saying no to some other things. I think he even referenced that sometimes he says no when he cancels vacations. But once he's hit flow, he's really careful to stay in that space. Number eight is when it's time to record or do the thing, <laughs> give it some structure. <laughs> and I know that one of the things that creative people feel very resistant to do is to like we've been saying, is set up the time and make it a practice and really go through the motions of the specific thing that they are doing. And, you know, I just to harp back on that one more time is that I really feel and have really seen that people who set up timelines for themselves, who are recording at a certain time of day, who are clear with themselves about when they need to turn something out, they are the ones that are consistently creating something that they are proud of and that feels right, that's on point, that goes back to the messaging that they've already created and is delivering on the conversation that they want to have in the world. And so giving yourself that structure and taking action in a real way is very helpful. Number nine, don't get overwhelmed or let what I call end thinking stop you. 
I made up the term end thinking because of the way I have seen many clients get stopped dead in their tracks before they even get started with something. One of the things that I've seen be true for clients is that so many of them get wrapped up in what the thing will look like, like a creative idea will look like in five years or in two years, that they have a really hard time taking the first step to do the creation of the initial version of the project. So here's a really simple example. Lots of times people get a creative idea and before they even start on the initial idea for it, somehow our brains will jump to, yeah, but I need to figure out how to make 50 of them and sell them on Etsy. Or I need to figure out how to do mass production and licensing so I can get it into Target. Now, these are all lovely goals. They're lovely goals. And don't get me wrong, I think you should aim high. What I want you to avoid is getting stuck and even getting started because you don't know how to do licensing with Target. I don't know how to do licensing with Target. I still have a podcast, you know, and I've still made other things that I could just do one of. So I think keeping yourself focused on what the first version of this thing is, is the best thing you can do, especially when you're starting out. Don't let yourself get distracted by the end game. Because you don't really know where it's going. That's part of well-planned and loosely held. You know what this step is and you know what the step is for the next couple months, but you don't have to know the road beyond that. One of my very favorite quotes about this thing, about this very thing, is what Anne Lamott, who is a prolific writer, (laughs) uh, has to say about it in her book, Bird by Bird, which is all about thoughts on writing and living. And So she says, quote, 30 years ago, my older brother, who was 10 years old at the time, was trying to get a report written on birds that he had had for three months, which was due the next day. We were out at our family cabin in Bolinas, and he was at the kitchen table close to tears, surrounded by binder paper and pencils and unopened books about birds, immobilized by the hugeness of the task ahead. Then my father sat down beside him put his arm around my brother's shoulder and said, bird by bird, buddy, just take it bird by bird, end quote. And I love what she's saying here, because it's true. We get so overwhelmed by the what the immensity of the thing could be. I mean, in this case, it was a school assignment. So there was an output that was requested and required. But in our case, we get so hung up on that end thinking of maybe I don't know how to do licensing for Target. <laughs> you don't have to figure that out right now. All you have to do is the first step and then the next and maybe have a vision for what this thing will be over the next couple months. But especially when you're launching, you don't have to know anything beyond the first episode, beyond the first thing, beyond the first paragraph. Just do the thing at hand and keep moving. Just keep swimming. <laughs> Number 10 is very close to what number nine is. And it really takes us back out to the inspiration level, which is more of that 50,000 foot strategic view of what it is that you're doing and what it is that you're bringing into the world. And that is let go of the outcome and let the journey take you. This one came to me from what Julia Cameron of The Artist's Way, if you haven't read that book, I'll, I'll link up to it. But she talks about having an artist's date, which means As somebody who is creative, who is an artist in this world, which I think all of us are, if you're listening, you are, you need to make time. You know, she encourages us to take time 
to go and interact with things and, and go check out things and go spend time doing things that are creative, that may inspire you, that may bring new things to your point of view, and that will give you the fuel you need to keep going. And so this last year, I had to renew my California driver's license and <laughs> well-planned, loosely held friends. I'd waited too long and all of the local offices had no more appointments left. So Salinas, which is about an hour from my house, had an appointment before the time that my uh, license would be <laughs> past due. And so I made an appointment there and realized the John Steinbeck Museum and House was all right there in the town, not far from where I would be getting my license. So I stopped by. Oh my gosh, so amazing. So Of Mice and Men is one of my very favorite books, which I mentioned with Fred Waitzkin last week. But it was so amazing to see all the things that he did. I mean, and he's one of the very few people, John Steinbeck, that is, that at age seven announced to his parents, he knew he wanted to be a writer. Now, I don't think most of us knew that. <laughs> so it was really cool to find one of those people. But near the end of his career, one of his last books is Travels with Charlie in Search of America. And it's about his journey in an RV uh, that he had built for himself with his poodle named Charlie. And he goes out well-planned, loosely held to revisit the America he'd been writing about for his entire career. And so he obviously made the plans just like you do and we will for our shows or for our creative pursuit. And then he just let it unfold. So here's his quote about the journey itself. Once a journey is designed, equipped and put in process, a new factor enters and takes over. A trip, a safari and exploration is an entity different from all other journeys. It has personality, temperament, individuality, uniqueness. A journey is a person in itself. No two are alike. And all plans, safeguards, policing, and coercion are fruitless. We find after years of struggle that we do not take a trip. A trip takes us. We're masters. Schedules, reservations, brass-bound and inevitable, dash themselves to wreckage on the personality of the trip. Only when this is recognized can we relax and go along with it. Only then do the frustrations fall away. In this, a journey is like a marriage. The certain way to be wrong is to think that you can control it. End quote. And I love this. <laughs> like, it was, I was standing there reading it in front of the RV that he had traveled in. And I was, I mean, it just brought a tear to my eye that this man who has written so many amazing books, one, recognizes that the journey is all about the well-planned, loosely held thing, that we can't control the outcome. And two, that it speaks to the creative process itself, that the journey that we are each on and creating this thing that we are drawn to create is going to, in some spaces, in some ways, unfold in a way of co-creation. You know, we can't control it. There's no way that five years ago, I would have known that picking up the mic for the first time and recording an episode would lead me here. Because what I thought, the, the, <laughs> the vision that I had for the show was that it would be the marketing arm for a life coaching practice. And I was about to be certified in life coaching at the time. And the interesting thing was, is that as I started to say yes to the creativity and the process, other people asked me, how are you doing that? And the podcast itself became the business. I could never have gotten here if I had held tight to the vision that I would only be a life coach and that this show 
would only be the marketing arm for it. That just wouldn't have been a possibility. And so when I opened myself up to the journey and started to be curious and say yes to the things that became possible and that presented themselves, then the journey got even more interesting. Then the joy flowed in. Then everything just started to fall into place. It all feels so aligned and amazing. And so I invite you to follow these kinds of steps as you're looking at your own creative pursuit. Whatever it is that you start to say yes to, you follow that inspiration, you set the intentions, and you take the actions to bring it to life. And then you sit back and watch as it unfolds and you continue the dance with it as it goes. So if you love this and if you've had some aha moments or you want to share or you just want to be in touch because this has spoken to you in some way, I would love to hear from you. You can email me directly at jumpstartyourjoy at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you and hear what you think. You can also get the show notes for this episode specifically at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash creative process because I I realize there's about a lot here and (laughs) there might be some notes that you want to look back on. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. If you want to find out more about this episode, including links to the things that we've talked about, you can find the show notes at jumpstartyourjoy.com. And you can search for this episode right up there in the right-hand corner of the website, and you'll find it. While you're on the website, I know you're going to want to sign up for my weekly newsletter, which is Three Joyful Things. It's where I take a look and give you guys the behind the scenes of what I'm really thinking about with each episode, including the inspiration, intention, and action, along with the choices that you can make in your own life to bring some of the things that each guest or I share into your everyday life. So it's a lot of fun. You can find the sign up for that off the homepage or within the show notes of every episode. And I would love to connect with you. I hang out a ton on Instagram where my handle is jumpstartyourjoy. You can also find the Facebook page for this podcast at jumpstartyourjoy. So I hope you guys will come on back next week. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy.